Hello, and welcome back to Hark Studios. In today's pod, I spoke with Mike Jeffs, who is the Chief Commercial Officer at Hark. We talked a lot about IoT and sustainability, uh, working from home, and you know what it's like to join a business during a pandemic. We shared some great stories and had a really good laugh and a great chat. So I just wanted to thank you for tuning in and enjoy the episode. All right, great. Well, uh, I guess I guess you know. Let me let me introduce things a little bit. Uh, so thank you everyone for tuning in uh, for the first time in a long time. This is Hark Studios, and things have changed. Things are new, and things are different. And uh, Joining me today, we have Mr. Mike Jeffs, uh, who you may or may not be familiar with. Have you done this before, Mike? Um, not not in this format and not in nearly as an exciting uh, an atmosphere uh, as the one that you provide, Carlos. <laughs> what, my bedroom? <laughs> what an atmosphere. <laughs> um, well, uh, so for, for, I guess, anyone watching, uh, Hack Studios hasn't really done much in a while. And in that time, I've obviously joined the company. Uh, yeah, as you said, my name's Carlos and... Uh, I joined in November as the marketing executive, uh, the sole marketing executive. So uh, me and you, <laughs> mate, uh, we're pretty much, uh, and uh, Mark Bowers, our UX designer, of course, pretty much uh, hoisting the sail in terms of our marketing stuff at the moment. Um, but I'm loving it, Taking man. on the world. Yeah, you know it. Don't you know it? We have big <laughs> plans. Um, but yeah, and, uh, you know, I've been loving it. And I thought, you know, you told me about Hark uh, Studios a little while ago. And as soon as I heard it, I think you'll remember it. It was back in like November or something like that. Uh, right when I'd first started, I was like, we've got to do something with that. And even though, I mean, you'll agree with me on this, but like I'm not the most uh, technically astute when it comes to, you know, the the vastly ever-growing world of like IoT and that sort of stuff. Although getting to know a little bit more about it, but um, still, I thought it'd be good to, to, you know, just chop it up and have a bit of a, a discussion and talk about some of the things that happen in the world of hack man yeah sounds good man i'm uh, I'm, I'm buzzing for this um yeah. i know like podcasts are kind of like there's a bit of a kind of like a, a stereotype that podcasts are the things to do now we're all remotely working and stuff like that you know like, yeah um but yeah no I, I, I like you said it's like it's really funny that like people if there is anybody listening to this which is you know let's assume at least our mums are going to tune in right hopefully um that you you're listening to like two of the non-coders in Hark, like yeah. of all the people you could have on a podcast. Yeah, Hark. it's that, that's the it. two marketing guys. <laughs> well, it's always going to be the marketing guys, isn't it? It's just going to be. Although I, I know, I mean, part of what I want to do with this is is get some of the other guys in the hot seat. Um, I know there's a few a few of the guys on the team that are keen on doing it. Um, but yeah, I mean, dude, wh- why don't you give me a little bit of an insight? Because we've, I mean, we've spoken quite a lot in the last few months since. I've been on board. Um, we love having a chat. You know, yeah. t- tell me a little bit more about like where, where it is you came from. Cause I know you started with like a marketing background. Um, and y- you know, I-, I believe you, you did a bit of management as well, didn't you? But I, I don't know the, s- the screws and nails really. So yeah. Indulge me, man. Indulge you. Oh, Please. Christ. Like where do we, where do we start? Right. Yeah. So it's at this point that I realized that my, uh, my desk chair is incredibly squeaky as well. So <laughs> that'll be fun for, throughout the course of this. Excellent. Uh, how did, so your, your question is kind of like, how did I get into marketing? Right. How did I come to be here? And well, like, yeah. How did you, how did you get to be sat here having this, this podcast chat with me really, you know? So, um, so my, uh, I guess kind of like, how can I answer that, right? So my, my journey at Hark, I suppose, like how did I get to Hark, right? So, yeah. um, so I've known, I've known Jordan 
uh, Jules and Andrew for I guess kind of the best part of a decade, really. Mm. Um, so we all we all worked together at a digital agency before um, called Branded Three, based in Leeds, yeah. and kind of like SEO marketing. My journey into marketing started way before that, like kind of uni. Um, I'm like a really vocational learner. Yeah. Um, I'm not into like your kind of, you know, your standard English, science, maths, that yeah. kind of thing. I was much more kind of drama and theater studies. And there was a, there was like uh, A-levels or A2s or whatever the hell they're called now. Yeah. Um, it was uh, leisure and recreation. And that's kind of, so I did leisure and recreation and business. And that's kind of where my whole sort of uh, consumer behavior, working out target audiences, that kind of thing. They were the sort of hooks that I found really interesting. Yeah. Uh, this, we this used to do loads of... A-level, right? So yeah. So this is what, when you're like 18? Yeah, yeah. You know, when no almost one, half the age I am now. No one knows what oh, they're doing at scary. that point. Like I <laughs> I remember being in, in that same situation and being like, I'm going to do like music and media and all this. and But I had no idea what I was going to do with it all. And then it's funny yeah. when you find that a lot of that stuff from those times in your life where you know you don't know what you're doing but you are doing you 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 know doing research into certain subjects that tickle your pickle a little bit you end up <laughs> utilizing that quite a lot like even what we're doing now you know you using stuff like logic to record audio um and just like having the the i guess interpersonal skills that i think you get from doing some of the creative subjects in in school and in like a level and stuff like that uh, it sure. kind of enables you to be able to do stuff like this quite a lot more confidently, um, especially, you know, if you, did you say you were doing like theater studies and drama and stuff? Yeah, it was, it was, uh, yeah, I was massively into, into like kind of drama and mm. um, like bit of a comedy act and, and that kind of thing. Um, so loved, loved to be, you know, what I, what I didn't have, oh shit, what I didn't have in smarts, uh, we'll just edit that out. That's cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> one for the outtakes. Um what I didn't have in smarts, I kind of, you know, made it. It kind of comes back to that vocational point, right? Like I, mm. I can't learn by like kind of what people can read, you know, read a book and, you know, they, they that, that knowledge gets absorbed for want of a better phrase, right? Yeah. So I, I kind of have to, you know, here's a theory, here's a process. I'll go through that process and then I feel like I know it. Mm -hmm. um, and that was kind of my, that's kind of how, I, how I've, how I've learned stuff really. Um and marketing was, I, I didn't want to know what I wanted to do for a career, right? So yeah. I was like, business, that's generic. Whatever job I have, it will be working for a business was pretty much my logic, right? I mean, so, it's pretty fair logic. You, yeah. You were bang and on the I, money, so. <laughs> definitely, right? So, um, and and, and like, I, I think similar to you as well, right? Like you, You've got like this kind of creative background and, uh, you know, I think everybody at Hark was like in a band or is in a band yeah. or is a musician of some, some description. Right. And so, you know, back when I was, I was picking generic topics, business marketing, things that most companies would need. And so back when you're thinking about career, how am I going to get a job? Am I employable? All that kind of, you know, um, late teens kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, that's, that's kind of how I, how I got into to marketing. And so I didn't really realize the importance and the lessons that I was learning from like, having a part-time job already and, you know, cause it's, there's yeah. like a lot of pressure on like kind of now you need to make your career and you've got, you know, one shot and that's it. And whatever you decide, you know, that's kind of how it feels at that kind of careers moment, doesn't it? Oh, and it's yeah, just not the case time. really. So yeah. No, yeah. is that kind of similar to, to you? How did you get into marketing? Yeah, kind of. I mean, the, it's very similar with the whole kind of amb ambiguity around, you know, when you get to that, I guess like 17, 18 year old kind of age, so what I did was uh, I went to college and completely just lost my tiny mind as a teenager. <laughs> and um, 
and just went off the rails a little bit. And, you know, I think some teenagers do that, especially if you don't have, because this is where me and you are quite similar in having that uh, that thing that people can just, you know, open a book and, and, ha- and read it and take it all in. I, I have that now, but as a kid, I really... You know, it was very difficult for me to learn under most circumstances. And I kind of learned, yeah. uh, you know, in my own way kind of thing. And uh, so college was a total write-off. I resat a year and uh, I got to the day of my first exam, right? And I slept through the exam and uh, I called up. I was so like panicked and anxious about sleeping through my exam that I called them and they were like, oh, it's okay. You can just reset. I was like, no, no, I'm never coming back. And they were like, what? I'm like, I- I'm never coming back. <laughs> and I just, I just snapped decision like that, decided I'm never going back to college. So I, I, I was like, shit, what am I going to do? Like, you know, like where, where do I go from here? And I saw an opening very conveniently. Uh, it's like something from a little film. I saw an opening for an internship at a really cool magazine that was in Leeds for a little while called Champion Up North. And yeah. Champion Up North was entirely composed of interns. So everyone was working for free. Um, but it was like an underground, like music and lifestyle kind of like northern um, multimedia brand thing. It was cool. Yeah. I loved doing it. Everyone that I met there was really cool. They taught me how to write. Um, they taught me some of the do's and don'ts of journalism and that sort of stuff. And uh, so for me, I was like, oh, this is great. This is what I'm going to do. What I found out after that was that when you're like a 17, 18 year old boy whose only experience in the industry of sort of like writing and journalism is doing an unpaid internship and you have no qualifications, you tend to find the people that have some kind of proof that they are worth hiring uh, that just beat you. So I couldn't get a job. And uh, I worked in bars for five years. I went traveling for five years. I, again, just kind of messed around and got it all out of my system. And then when I came back, in fact, while I was in uh, Colombia, I was having like an absolute quarter life crisis moment where I'm like, I'm going to get home. <laughs> and like, what am I going to do? I can't go back to working behind the bar. Like that'll just be crushing. So uh, I started applying for, originally I was applying for, um, you know, jobs like doing uh, what, like joinery and stuff like that. And my sister called yeah. me from England. She's like, what are you doing? I was like, joinery. She's like, you're not a joiner. What are you talking about? And uh, I was like, what do you mean? She's like, you love doing writing and stuff. That's what you always wanted to do, isn't it? I was like, yeah. She's like, why don't you do marketing? I didn't even really know what marketing properly was at that point. I thought it was just what like Chandler from Friends did or something. So I, um, <laughs> I, I looked into it. I was like, oh, so I'd be able to do writing, but I'd have to do some other stuff as well. But it all seemed quite interesting. And, uh, and that was it really, you know, I did an apprenticeship, uh, which sucked. I don't know if you know, you get paid three pound 50 basic an hour, um, for an apprenticeship. Yeah. So, you know, I was a 21, 22 year old lad that was like on that sort of money. And I had to commute to work to Halifax from Leeds and stuff. It was, uh, it was rough, <laughs> but you know, it all, it all sort of laid the path to where we're at now. And I, landing here i mean i've said it to you before i've said i always say it i say it like at least once a week landing here for me is the the best situation because like (laughs) it's a tech company but it's a startup it's a like quite a small team we all love each other we've got this really good like i think our, our sort of like mo that you know revolves around kind of efficiency and um reducing the the world's waste and improving how things perform that is so not like i'm not being like a proper big-headed like oh we're so noble but um <laughs> you know what i mean it's kind of it's kind of it's got such a nice allure to it and um so ending up here i, I was just like ah oh, it's just it's gone 
so well that little journey of ambiguity and a bit of fear um has ended in a place yeah. where i'm like ah oh, i'm so like content here so it's good it's <laughs> interesting so so you're, you're kind of saying Len, that you're so because i kind of write me when i'm wrong right but i kind of see you as like a creative you're a creative marketer at heart like you you live to kind of create content is that fair yeah definitely yeah and you and so you started in kind of like the written word is i think what you sort of said there in terms of you know but I, without putting words in your mouth, you're sort of saying that there's, there doesn't, when you're at a junior level, there doesn't appear to be much value in the written word in creating, in creating content, right? At, a, at like a careers level. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I was exactly the same. And I kind of like my background's actually like client service. So, you know, account management, that kind of thing, managing people's yeah. expectations. And it's kind of like emotional capital rather than maybe what you describe as cold hard intellect i mean being yeah. an account manager is is intellectual because you've got to read people and understand how to to manage expectations and give them what they want before they realize they want it right that's kind of like the yeah <laughs> so what you you mentioned kind of like you were quite drawn to like kind of hark's mission there and stuff like have you always been into sort of sustainability or uh, technology or like how did you how did those two worlds of creative content and technology collide yeah interesting man because i had no idea that uh that's what i i, I kind of wanted to do that so there was i went through kind of a weird patch after my last employment where I, I didn't really enjoy it so much it was very different to how we do things here but some of the stuff that we do uh like iot was you know uh, which is obviously a massive part of what we do here that was quite intrinsic to the job so you know there was times i was writing about um conversations that had been had with like city councils um about doing like doing sort of like smart city um projects and stuff like that so i, I yeah. was i was aware of that environment but i'd never heard of it from i guess the the angle that we take take it on where it's like yeah we're, we're looking at that kind of eco-friendly kind of uh opportunistic like reduce emissions kind of environment and yeah. uh when I was in that job, one thing that we did do, though, was set up like a carbon friendly um, sub. I don't know what you call it, like a like a sister company or like a sub company. Um, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. And that was all to do with like, you know, refurbishing uh, technologies and that kind of stuff. Right. So. Right. OK. It, it was a lot more the hardware um, piece and like sending them out in like sustainable packaging and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, so like so the angle of kind of like preventing landfill, that kind of, you know, from old computers that. Are, yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And I, um, w when we did that, so I really enjoyed that project, and it felt I, I got that nice feeling in me. So when I left uh, that place of work, and then I went somewhere else for a little bit, and then ultimately was looking for work again before I found you guys. And I, uh, at the time, was thinking, oh, maybe I, maybe the thing I want to do is work for a charity or something, because like I got that nice feeling from we we did a bit of work with like candle lighters as well at my old place, and uh, yeah. I just, I really enjoyed like that feeling of doing the sustainable stuff and the stuff with the charities and stuff. Um, but I'd, I'd not quite pieced it together until you guys got in touch with me and I was like, Ooh, what's this? And then, <laughs> you know, when, when I sort of started thinking about it and looking at what you did, I was like, Oh, that's so nice. It's all the, all the nice things about working in the tech industry, but I guess minus the guilt <laughs> of being a big, scary corporation, you know? Um, yeah. It, it, yeah. It's all the good the good side of it really i mean what what was your like first encounter with iot because where i feel like we're both relatively new to this as a landscape you know yeah so i guess kind of 
IoT, the first thing was actually probably like kind of in in the SEO world named kind of voice search. So this this whole idea of, you know, like being able to talk to a device to search, right? So, yeah. you know, and, and I was really interested um in in time at Branded Tree along with, you know, some some other people. It was always a great debate between kind of um Tim and, and, and Steve um that, that worked at Branded Tree around, you know, there were always, you know, some nice stats going, oh, the market for voice search is going to be huge and that I know that that's a huge source of debate online. Um but at the same time, like kind of, I was really intrigued with, you know, um, you know, being able to say, Hey, Netflix play on the, you know, play on the, the living room TV kind of thing. And just, mm. you know, I guess kind of the Amazon echo, you know, the Google home stuff like that's, yeah. that's kind of where, uh, where I got into kind of connected devices. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. so, you know, had a, had a Chromecast on my TV cause my TV is so old that it wasn't, you know, didn't have, <laughs> it wasn't a smart TV. Right. So, yeah, yeah. um, so I'll just play the age card early on, right? Um, <laughs> and you and that, are—that's kind of how I how I got into years it. Years old. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you go, I'm you actually go. 21. I'm forever 21, mate. Yeah. Just, you can see it in those those youthful cheeks of yours. You can tell, mate. <laughs> <laughs> You're a charmer. Um, so, so that's that's kind of how I got into it. But like, yeah. What I guess kind of the other angle is kind of my interest in sustainability, which is mm. is is really kind of interesting to me that, that, that concept, because that was something I did my dissertation on right at uni. So oh no way. Uh, I went, I went to uni up in Edinburgh and I did business studies with marketing management back to my point earlier about kind of, you know, keeping things broad. I'll be able to use that wherever. Yeah. Uh, there was one of my lecturers there called Liz, a lady called Liz Logie MacGyver. Right. And she was just really supportive. I was going back to that sort of tying it together with that kind of vocational learning style. Right. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed um, subjects where I got on well with my with my teachers, with my lecturers, professors, whatever you want to call them. Makes um, such a big difference, doesn't it? That it, like it it does because you you go for the you go the extra mile, kind of you know to to learn something in the same way that you know if it's a brand that you really love, then you're going to do everything to work with them, kind of thing. You know, you 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 sort of put the extra effort in. Yeah. Um, and I we, we did a um, we did a course as part of the marketing module um around kind of um how we build trust in brands and at the time the the, the sort of the advertisements were rife with what was called greenwashing right so and this was you know the whole kind of like the, the typical example might be like you know your personal non-bio detergent ads and it's got a picture of a polar bear encouraging yeah. you to turn down to 30 and you'll save the planet kind of thing and if you think about like 10 or 15 years ago, right, that was, you know, that was seen as being super green, right? Mm. But it was the, there's an undercurrent in sustainability of kind of, that's that's a piece of marketing activity, right? Which is using a polar bear because a polar bear is associated with, you know, icebergs, saving yeah. the planet kind of thing. And then, oh, but still buy our product. And there was something yeah. in that that doesn't quite seem genuine or right. And yeah. it's not necessarily a huge criticism of like personal in this example, but that that balance or I don't know, like I guess you'd call it maybe like a bit of a juxtaposition of kind of, hey, marketing is something that encourages you to consume more. Sustainability is kind of something that encourages you to consume less, right? Yeah. Um and I I, I did a placement year at Visit Scotland. So I learned more about sustainability and tourism from them. So so yeah. here you're looking at things like, you know, tourist attractions. If it's a you know, we're we're both, you know, Yorkshiremen, right? You yeah. know that, you know, <laughs> the Yorkshire parks have got paths that are eroding, right? We, yeah. you know, Whitby's pretty famous for, you know, cliffs maybe eroding or whatever it may be, right? And you're like, well, 
it's a beautiful site and it's heritage and it's a tourism attraction. We want people to experience it, but at what cost does that kind of tourism, how can we, yeah. how do we well, make it sustainable? Right. So it's, and that balance was so intriguing to me because there's no, there's no right answer. There's no absolute. That, it's like, that's, that's the thing. You know, I remember coming across that firsthand. Um, I, I always hate doing the like on my gap yard, you know, thing. But, um, <laughs> when, when I, uh, when I was in Peru, um, I we went to Machu Picchu, and you can only go at certain times of day. Um, and I, I think they might actually be considering fully closing it off to the public soon, or at least that's yeah. maybe a yeah, plan that might happen. Because there's just so many, so much footfall on it that I think it's like it's really damaging the whole place. And you know, for sure, I've seen I've seen similar things in in kind of like lockdown, and um, I think it might have been I want to say somewhere like Malam Cove, right? Oh yeah, um, and because there was so much footfall, because obviously everyone was going out for their, you know, the, their hours exercise or whatever it may be, and, and going. One of the things about lockdown is you want to go to more interesting places that are maybe kind of, you know, because you've seen seen the same four walls every day, right? Yeah. So, and there was there was something that was explaining kind of the the pathway because it's been quite soggy, muddy winter, right? You know, mm-hmm. there are lots of sort of footholds. And that's then collecting water. And it's, you know, it's the same methodology as kind of almost like potholes in roads, like, you know, water freezes, it expands, contracts, yeah, etc., And then it, it cracks and gets bigger. And it was the same thing happening to, to, to I think it was Marlon Cove. I might be wrong. So don't, don't quote me on this, but, and it was kind of the water when it rained was, was pouring down this, um, this pathway and also different, you know, directions and things. And it was essentially, negatively affecting the wildlife who were who you know might have been at the the you know at the bottom kind of bottom of the hill kind of thing in this analogy yeah. and that's kind of that's just something that's really um really interesting to me and like you know the how can we measure the cost of what what we're doing and i guess kind of how that's been dealt with at the moment in terms of sustainability is kind of like yeah we'll plant a tree and it's like well that's that's really nice and it's still a good thing i'm not belittling that but then it's mm. like how do we do more you know and i think that's kind of how we get into connected devices, going back to my point about IoT and sustainability. Yeah. It's like, we're not saying turn everything off, you know, yet we're saying how can we, you know, how can we monitor and improve the impact that these devices are creating, whether that's a big printing machine, yeah. lighting, you know, we want people to be able to see when they're walking around a store, right? But, <laughs> you know, where's where's the equilibrium between, actually, we probably, we've all been on the motorway and seen the office lights on at 11 yeah. o'clock at night thinking, Nobody's in there. Who's using? Who's that for? Why are you using that power? The thing, you know, the thing that absolutely baffles me and blows my mind a little bit is the fact that this stuff like that, for example, like you know, leaving the office lights on, it, it's sure it's not good for the planet, which is obviously you know a huge, a huge problem, a huge deal. But it's also costing these people more money, and it's just like, <laughs> yeah. dude, you, you're literally spending your own money just pissing it into the wind. You know, when we're looking at new customers or um prospects and stuff like that i find it so mad that people would be like oh you know i don't know and it's like well it saves you money and it saves the environment so (laughs) it it seems like a no-brainer but i guess you know this is this is where the marketing comes in though right you got to get in front of people and you've got to make them certain that like you're the right person you've got the right product and all that stuff but i think there's an element of like as customers being more self-aware about how because if you, it's that whole theory is like, if there was no demand, then there'd be less supply. Yeah. Almost that supply and demand, right? And and like you take your example there of lighting, right? 
restaurants, we, we've had conversations with some with some restaurant chains before. They've said, well, in order to increase more covers, which is their their currency, right? Right. It's like, well, I need the restaurant to look super attractive. It's that methodology of like, well, the first couple that come in, we'll sit them by the window so that we look full and inviting and that kind right. of thing. You know? Right. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like, well, you can't, you can, there's a business side to that. It's like, if we want more custom, we want to grow, mm. we need the lights on to make it look really attractive kind of thing. So it's like, and I know myself as like, if I was going out <laughs> picking a restaurant, I'd be like, well, which one looks most inviting? Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, the, it's an obvious like, thing to do, but... You're looking at a restaurant and you're like, hmm, pitch black. <laughs> like, yeah, the, sign, the sign's not on. I'll go in there, why not? Looks like you're going to yeah. get murdered in there or something. Yeah, exactly right. But And, and so I think, I, I don't know, I, I also think that kind of like, the people who've got like kind of green agendas, maybe, they, they get, until recently, they get bashed quite a lot, right? As like kind of eco-warriors or whatever it may be. And I guess kind of, my how I come to this is kind of like connecting devices means you can analyze that consumption, right? Mm. And you can make more informed, you know, decisions based on that going, you know, and, and imagine when you you pull in like alerts and triggers, right? It's like, hey, did you know that the the lights are still on in the in the superstore? Or hey, you know, um person A who was on it working on the bakery today in the, in the supermarket, um, the ovens went off at, at quarter past four. Hey, great news. If we turn them off at quarter to th- quarter to four instead of quarter past four we'd still be able to have the same output in terms of number of loaves of bread mm. or whatever but we'd be able to save 50 quid 50 quid in that hour kind of thing because 4 yeah. p.m is the is the you know the highest cost of energy or whatever it may be and kind of that kind of thing that level of optimization really intrigues me so yeah. sorry that was a really long answer in terms of tying the two things together but it's so it's no, so you, interesting that- you bang on and you know i I mean, look, I, I, I bore my friends to death with this stuff because they obviously they don't live in this world in the same way that me and you do, um, but they do live in the world. So I do, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? I do sometimes say to them, like, do you not think it's mad that, like, we were, at, um, so I live in Headingley, right? Yeah. And uh, we, just round the corner from mine pretty much, there's like a co-op down the road and, uh, like, usually, because it's student, it's a, you know, massive student area, right? So usually... Yeah round like the whole car park of that co-op is just a huge queue of people and then at the door obviously because pandemic and stuff um the old pandy there is a guy at the front of the (laughs) shop who like waves people in lets people out and that kind of thing right Uh, you get it everywhere um but in in this particular case it's always like chocolate with people anyway i went in like a couple of weeks ago and the guy's not there anymore and the queue's not there anymore and i'm like what's changed i don't really understand what's changed when i get to the door there's an automated the door opens for me and an automated voice goes uh there are like however many people in the building you may now enter or some something like that i can't remember exactly what it says and i was like yo that's new and my mate's like yeah of course it's new there's you know the guy's not here and i i was just like yeah but isn't that bananas like they must be using machine vision to see how many people are in the shop and to see that you know we're here to go in the shop and, uh, I mean, they were just like, yeah, well, yeah, you know, whatever they have tills that have cameras on them as well, you know, what of it? And I'm like, that's yeah, but it's nuts. Think about how much more efficient it is. One person comes out, the store knows one person can go in. It's so much easier than having a guy stand there all day, you know, and you just start picking up on these things while you're, while you're out and about once you're in, in that world. And once you see it, you start kind of noticing how people are doing this stuff to increase efficiency. And uh, it's just, it's a mad thing. You know, that Amazon fresh store, um, 
like that's baffled me. I, I wrote an article about this recently for uh, for those people that aren't aware, but um, just go to haxis.com slash blog. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I was just baffled by the fact that like a hundred years ago, a hundred years ago is such an over-exaggeration, but you know, 10, <laughs> ten years ago. Journalistic license, yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> But if you went into a uh, into a shop and you were like, "Oh, can you imagine how easy it'd be if this shop had no tills?" They'd be like, "What? That wouldn't be easy. That'd be really difficult." And it's like, yeah, yeah, "No, yeah. but now you walk in and you take your little basket and your little app on your phone, and it's like recording you to the millimeter what you pick up and what you put down." And I don't know. It's just it's it's unreal, man. We're living in such a, a like efficient time. It's crazy. Yeah, but there's, at the same time, though, there's like, like I, that makes me think about like kind of like how Hark started, right? And um, and I guess I, I, I so I, I wasn't here when Hark started, but like kind of it's from what I understand from like kind of Jordan and Andrew, it's sort of like the digitization of like just very old processes, right? Yeah. So I think so. So Hark started off in like life sciences, right? And it's you know with, within life sciences, it's you know monitoring things like temperature, you know because mm samples you know that might be drug samples blood dna whatever it may be in a um in a lab right needs to be kept within a certain you know temperature range and, and, and tolerance and as soon as it goes out of that you know scientists need to know about it and kind of mm. a lot of that there also needs to be an audit trail in terms of because it's a heavily regulated industry so you need to be able to prove hey here's here's this thing and here's the here's the documentation that shows that it was kept at the right temperature for however long right yeah um and that, a lot of that I'm led to believe was kind of just a very manual process. You know, you can imagine it, it, it's like, imagine going to the fridge in your house and taking the te- taking its temperature like every half an hour yeah. or something. Like it's just yeah. nuts. Like just make, and, makes and writing sense. it down. Well, that that's the thing, isn't it? Because on the on the subverse of me being like, we live in such a efficient time. It's like, well, no. I guess the way I should have framed that is we could live in a super efficient time, but there are places, and I'm sure there'll be hundreds of thousands of people that work yeah i was telling you this the other day i used to work in a place that was using ms dos and this was like like six <laughs> years ago or something like ms dos hasn't been thought about in that long it's so unnecessary to have those systems but people like the legacy stuff because you know when you're uh when you're running a business and it's it's not falling apart at the seams people are like ah it's not broken you know yeah. but sometimes things don't need to be broken to to you know be fixed like it's yeah. It's one of those where, you know, if you're using ancient legacy stuff that's just causing you a lot more, uh, co- you know, higher costs and higher emissions uh, output, then it's like, what's, you know, upgrade, upgrade, man. Do yeah. it. You do it for an old phone. It's, do it for your stuff, you know. You're so right. You're like, that, that kind of makes me think about, like, so, so we, we do a lot of work in retail, right, obviously, mm-hmm. in terms of, like, because they've got huge footprint, right? You know, big estates, you know, quite a lot of the big brands have got like hundreds of stores and stuff that are consuming a lot of power. That's not a criticism necessarily because, you know, powering, you know, refrigerated food <laughs> takes a lot of power, right? You know, yeah. back to my point about lighting, you know, people people spend more when it looks good, right? Rightly mm. or wrongly. Um, and, I, and I guess kind of th- that creates that great opportunity to kind of go, well, how else can we operate? But one of the challenges that we've found, like, and I guess you, you, you probably experienced this as well, is like kind of how siloed things are. Like, you, you, like think about like kind of technology and digital transformation and all those all those good buzzwords that we all have to <laughs> abide by, right? Yeah. Uh, whatever you want to call it. Is 
a lot of the systems that are in place, you know, quite often those stores are decades old, you know, or yeah. they might have been acquired, you know, by, um, I don't know, some of the, some of the older supermarkets, like maybe uh, Safeway. Um, I can't remember who bought them off the top of my head now. Um, yeah. but you know, when, when stores are wound down, we've just seen that with, you know, the likes of Topshop, um, in the kind of clothing space, House yeah. of Fraser, Sports Direct, that kind of angle, right? Mm-hmm. You inherit old stuff, old assets and old building. In yeah. it. Yes, you've inherited like kind of the brand name and there's all that kind of marketing value and business value there, but there are also quite often some very old processes that just almost not get swept under the rug, but kind of it's not a priority to ingrain those, upgrade those processes kind of thing. It's kind of back to your point about MS-DOS, right? Yeah. There's always some software on some server that only one person knows about that doesn't fit in with the rest of the siloed company kind of yeah. thing. That's that's what's so interesting as well about like kind of the space that we play in and all the learnings we get from, from customers we talk to is sort of like, what if the sustainability department, the facilities management department yeah. and the procurement team were all reading the same data and yeah. like going, Hey, Imagine. I could save us, I could save us a thousand pounds here, Imagine. Oh, but we'll have to drop the lights to, you know, <laughs> yeah. 50% of the normal level. Would that be okay? Kind of thing like that. That's the kind of optimization that I, you know, that's where we're on course for, I think. It's it's such a amazing. no-brainer. Yeah, can you imagine? It's such a no-brainer. Like, it, it should be that way, you know, for, for whoever it is that ends up... Um, I didn't even know that Topshop had, had sort of, like, closed, but I guess it has. Um, yeah. But, but if, if whoever went into there was like, all right, we're going to reopen this, but, yeah, we're going to introduce all these new systems and stuff. And not, like, not only from... Uh, I guess their position as like the company and, and business owners is that a great idea but also for shoppers if you're creating like a really nice shopping experience that's up to date and high tech you 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 will get you'll get more people coming in I bet that Amazon shop has got loads of people going in purely for the gimmickiness of it being a tech shop you know what I mean and, and yeah. but pe- people will do that because it's easier and it's better and it's got that like thing where you're like oh I'm in the future this is nice you know yeah it's an interesting thing there as well because you, you kind of get like um, bricks versus clicks, right? Is is probably another buzz phrase. Like you know, it's a bit like bullshit bingo, this isn't it? But yeah, <laughs> um, like in 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 previous roles and like kind of marketing agency and my my background, that's kind of you deal with a lot of clients and customers who have like you know stepping out into the e-commerce world, right? And they're digitizing mm. that way, you know, just being able to sell online is their, is their kind of transformation, right? Yeah. You look at somebody like um, like Primark, for example, they mm. don't sell online. So imagine how that. they're dealing with like their, <clears throat> their sales versus costs right now. So they'll mm. be paying rent on a load of locations that aren't driving any revenue for them kind of thing. And that that seems like a, a no brainer, and it, it it makes me think. Like I I love like I love getting into this kind of stuff. So um, tell me to pipe down at any moment. Like you can just press stop recording keep, or something. Right? You keep You've going, got, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. just I just you mute go. you. I'm just sat <laughs> just go. sat there we'll in call silence. It the sit down like mic button. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like back in the like um, 20, 2013, 2014, there was this huge piece around kind of. <clears throat> excuse me, um, measuring, you know, the single customer journey, single customer view, whatever you want to call okay. it. And like, how can we intertwine, you know, when somebody sees an ad, you know, and they then walk into the store, it was kind of yeah. when Google local was, was becoming like a quite, quite a big thing. And people were optimizing for like kind of local searches. Where's my nearest 
insert store name kind of thing. Right. And, um, and it, it's, I remember reading a, an article around, I think it was on Google Analytics, and they were looking at things like, um, how could you, how could you combine analytics in store with the traditional kind of Google Analytics for your website, right? Yeah. Um, and it was like, uh, it was something like pressure pads in floor tiles so that you could Whoa. measure, you know, like kind of, this is the most popular display in the store or something like that, which would be really powerful, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and what what's interesting is now it's kind of like, you know, seven or eight years later sort of thing. You've got that kind of thing being thought about at sort of depots. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, okay, it's because you think about the seasonal kind of merchandise and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. It's like, how can we get that stock out of the door quicker kind of thing? Yeah. Um, and therefore, how can we optimize the layout of our depot? Because we know that, you know, online, we know searches on us on our website have gone through the roof for, I don't know, some particular pumpkin Halloween outfit or Santa Claus <laughs> outfit or whatever, whatever the hell it is, right? Yeah, yeah. So it makes sense to, you know, like, well, put that nearer so that when that order is being fulfilled... <laughs> Yeah, there's more efficiency, right? So with stuff like that, like I'd I'd never even considered that before. But you know, if you if you had a full, I mean, Amazon's a good example because they've got like the the you know this full e-commerce like estate going on. But if you say have an estate like that online where you you've got the ability to be able to notice trends uh, in people's shopping activities and stuff, but you also have brick and mortar actual shops on the you know on the high street. If you're able to go like, okay, well these trends are happening online um in the uk uh, you know whatever it might be can't you know off the top of my head let's just say yeah santa costumes for some reason in july <laughs> are being sold right <laughs> and uh and you're like all right let's capitalize on that if it was to automatically send like i don't know um some of the stock is like automatically sent to like some of the stores to test it or whatever imagine how clean and nice that would be it's like oh trend's been recognized so therefore that selling trend is now going to be transferred to the brick and mortar and see if we can do it that like man crazy so much efficiency we're just, yeah. we're just that's, so efficient. that's the way it's going though isn't it it's like kind of like the last year don't mention you know pandy as you call yeah. it but like it, it's demanded businesses to be way more flexible, right? And that's a topic that everybody's covered on, like, you know, podcasts and stuff. How do you cope with remote working and stuff? And like, yeah. But what we've learned is kind of, you know, that relationship of like kind of order fulfillment, customer fulfillment is the big area. Like, mm. how do you get a lorry near a, you know, the, and, and you're back to your point about Amazon, it's kind of like next day delivery. It's just expected yeah. now, you know? Yeah. Everything I buy needs to be as easy as going to Starbucks and buying a coffee. Yeah. Everything needs to be as easy as, you know, subscribing to Netflix and just I've got everything I want in front of me. I can do do what it's I like. Mental the demand of I remember listening to uh, a comedian, I, I think it was Jim Jeffries or someone who's so so funny and so outrageous, but uh I remember him either him or like Louis CK ultimately like that guy also very outrageous. I think he was in a bit of bother actually, but one of these guys anyway was um talking about how people are de- absolutely desperate for things like to be so quick lightning fast all the time and he says yeah. that he he was on like a train and heard somebody like proper you know like screwing about how long it was taking for a video to load or something like that and he's like we're moving like 60 miles an hour right now <laughs> on a train and a device in your hand is sending a signal to out of space <laughs> to out of space sorry and coming back and it's doing it in like 
30 seconds or something like that. And that's not quick enough for you. And it's like, you're so right. Like we want things right now. We're so uh, indulgent as a society at the moment. But I mean, you know, if we've got the technology to be able to to back that up and be like, yeah, well, we, we can have things the next day, then I suppose, you know, we've gotten used to that now. So it's, it, it just is the way that it is. Yeah. But yeah, it's, you're, part, you're so right. part of me does wonder, you know, is that it can't be healthy, right? I mean, there's there's definitely something about patience or something, you know, that's, that's <laughs> getting lost day by day. You know, romance, patience. I don't know. Yeah. So, so, put all those themes together. You can you can work it out yourself, but <laughs> something like that. So you you started off in this conversation, like talking about kind of like you know some of the experiences and maybe some of the negative and positive experiences in like previous roles and kind of stuff. Like one yeah. of the things that dawns on me, question for you, is kind of like. I've never joined a business remotely. I've certainly never joined a mm. business and kind of like you've been here, what, like five or six months now and yeah. we've still never met, but I feel like I talk to you every day and like, what's that process been like of kind of like joining a business and dude, like, honestly, like bro, I love you, you know, and you know that I do. And you know that I do. It's so weird that we haven't met. Let me, let me just write a blank check for you. Sorry. I promised. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, it's bananas. Um, I never expected to do anything like this before. And you know, it's funny. I, as much of a, uh, extroverted person as I think I am, I did your, uh, 16 personalities thing the other day. That was awesome. Oh, did you? Turns out you I'm a, I'm a protagonist. Um, Who else is a protagonist? I, I can't remember, but I know one of them was, um, it was somebody from like Lord of the Rings or something. I can't, I can't remember. Um, nice. Oh no! Oh god, who? I can't. Yeah, I can't remember. I will have to check it out. It's uh, E N F J dash P or something like that. I can't. I can't remember exactly what it is. Very interesting though. For those people that don't know what that is, um, sixteen personalities. Give it a Google. It is quite a long form. Uh, I guess like questionnaire that gets to the crux of you know what your personality type is, and it's really on point when it comes to the results um if you you know if you answer it as as truthfully and honestly as you can really interesting but um yeah anyway so that my results sort of pointed out like yes you are an extroverted person which to me was not a huge surprise but i i was almost right on the middle i was about like 59 right. extroverted and um you know because i can i can be the subvert of that and you know be quite sort of like pulled away from people and stuff Point being that when I saw um, a job opportunity for a remote working job, I I jumped right. I was like, this is great because part of me was like, oh, I, I just right now is what I need is to just have some space away from people because uh, I'd just come out of a job. If you'll remember that, you know, I didn't really like very much and uh, I, I really struggled with, oh, man, the, the people that I were working with in, in really close quarters with had this like... Um, very you know like the jordan belfort salesman i think i've mentioned this to you before but <laughs> you know that yeah. like yuppie kind of thing and it was just yeah i, I was just a bit like uh i need to subtract myself from uh folks like that for a little while and uh so when i saw that opportunity i was like oh, this is i'm well into this let's um let's see where it goes but the funny thing is now that i know everyone and like I say, I adore the team. I think everyone's absolutely, you know, great. Um, the strange thing is now I want nothing more than to be with everyone and hang out with them, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was interesting. The whole like onboarding, that was one thing that I thought was completely different in a remote. Like 
when when you start your first day with a company, there's a lot of you know walking around and meeting people. But in the, in our case, it was a lot of like doing different teams calls with people and stuff like that. And yeah. it's not it's not worlds apart, but it was just you know little things like that where you're like, oh, this is this is interesting. We're definitely. <laughs> You know, it's definitely like a completely new sort of working landscape that we're in at the minute. What, what, how do you think, like, going on into the future? Because my friend Hannah, dear friend of mine, um, who's absolutely lovely, she recently um, got, like, a message from work saying the offices are going to be back open from, like, blah, 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 whatever date. Um, just come in if you want to or don't come in if you don't want to. And that's that's that. Do you think that's going to be, not necessarily for Hark, but just in general, do you think that that's how a lot of businesses are going to do it? Where they just go, doors are open, come in, if you want. Yeah, I think, it might be not, I think the BBC were pushing an article the other day around kind of, um, coincidentally, I think it was a property company's CEO going, you know, everybody's dreaming, you know, and, you know, sort of can't wait to get back to the office. And I think yeah. that's that's really true. Um, yeah. I've got you know a lot of friends who, uh, and even myself, you know, who crave an office environment. To be perfectly honest, mm. um, it's not it's not for everyone. Like, no. what 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 everyone's learned is there are so many you know <laughs> more than one way to skin a cat. To use that horrible phrase, right? Like, We're on it with how, the uh, phrases today. Oh, mate. Yeah, I'm loving it. I'm loving it, mate. Yeah, I'm waiting for my buzzword bingo hat. Um, but and it's, it kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier about like careers, right? It's like yeah, just each business and every employee is going to work. It's going to have different strengths and weaknesses and different approaches to doing stuff, right? You know, I I definitely know that I miss like kind of like the water cooler moments. If you were, mm. you know, I know I'm not American, but that's kind of what they're known as. Yeah, you know, where you yeah, can yeah. you can sit side by side and point at the screen and kind of go. What do you think about this? You know, I, I definitely know that like some of the engineers in the team miss that kind of, you know, like, yeah. do you mind just looking at my code for a second? Uh, and it's like, I mate, don't know. When, yeah. oh. when it comes to design and, and um, that kind of stuff where me and uh, Mr. Bowers, when we're hanging out like virtually and doing it, it's so much more difficult to like sh- share ideas and, and work together. And the last time we had a, we were working on um, Adobe. Um, uh, not was not it? no, not Premiere. The other video one, uh, Adobe. I, think, uh, I can't remember what it's called. It'll you know what? You know what I mean for for doing animations and stuff. Um, I absolutely uh, no. It's it's. <laughs> I'm I'm googling. I'm googling. I'm googling. You, you, you yeah, say something but, funny. Anyway, um, yeah. The t- so the two of us were, were you know we were doing a bit bit of work together. And I was just like, dude, how much easier would it be if we could just actually be sat together at one computer and just doing stuff? And you wouldn't think, because really, it's not all that different, you know, watching someone's screen. You're still talking to them in, like, live time, and you're still seeing their screen. But there's something about it that's just not, it's just not as easy to do. It's just not as good for collaborating. Um, And plus, yeah, you're right, the, the whole, you know, just the whole like social piece of like I really want to spend more time with the guys in the in the in the whole team, but there's not a lot of reason for me to call some of like the software engineers. You know what I mean? Like that I don't I don't need them all the time, so I I don't often chat to some of the people on the team, which is a shame because I love them all equally. You know, I think they're all yeah. fantastic people, but um, yeah, it's that sort of stuff. I really can't wait to just be back in an office, walk into the kitchen and be like, hey, you know, ah, how you doing? You know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. 
Like that's that's the thing, and like kind of like it's that kind of having a co-working space, I suppose, is what you'd call it. Yeah, uh, pre- you could have had uh, Premiere Rush, uh, After Effects, Audition, Anime, After Effects. After that's Effects, the there one, you of go. course. There you go. I'm I'm a, I'm still a noob with After Effects, where like it's not a thing that I'm that proficient with yet. Um, so I I don't think of it as one of my you know on my uh, giant yeah. artillery. <laughs> not really. I don't. <laughs> I, with Adobe, I do Photoshop and. Uh, Lightroom, I can do, and uh, I do a little bit of Premiere. But other than that, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not the king of Adobe by any means. I um, we, we were chatting about kind of going back to back to the office and stuff, and like, yeah, we um, I, I can't remember. It might have been just before, just before you started at, at Hack actually. We, so we surveyed everybody in the team, right? Because we um, we technically right now we've got an office that has we've got more people than desks. Right, now. right. So, in in terms of it, which isn't necessarily a huge challenge for us because we've always been certainly in my like kind of my two years at Hark, always been you know flexible working, you know, remote working. There's always been somebody dialing in on Teams for the stand up or, or whatever it may be, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's never been. It's just kind of normal. It's just that yeah. we were all working from home kind of thing. Um, so that wasn't really that disruptive, but. We surveyed everybody and everybody said, you know, I'd still like to, I'd like that balance, basically. I'd like to be able to go to the office if I want to yeah. and, you know, hot desk or whatever. Um, and likewise, have the flexibility to, to work from home because there, there are some tasks that you just can't, yeah. um, you, you can't do in the middle of an office. You know, if you're trying to have a, a you know, a conversation about, you know, commercials or, you know, something, you know, a, Likewise, if you're working on one client and not the other, it, it, you know, yeah. it, it makes no sense to kind of, sometimes well, you just want to get your head down and write, right? From your perspective. Yeah. But right? similarly, it, I know. mean, you know, with that in mind, there's also things like, you know, if I, if, if somebody comes in and I want to get a headshot of them or I just need to get some yeah. imagery of the team for something that we're putting on the website or whatever, you physically can't, I can't shoot like anything. I, there's, there's no like in-person like uh photo shoots or anything like that so there are some things that yeah it's so much better to just be at home and just work in your own space and do it but there's some things that you physically you know need to be in the office and as well you know like a friday afternoon for people that don't know we um as of i think january we every friday afternoon at like five o'clock ten past five whatever a few of us will like tune into a little teams call we'll hang out have a couple of beers and uh and catch up you know and and just chill and, and and you know hang around with each other and dude, that in person, like I'm dying for that in person. I can't wait <laughs> till it gets to like five o'clock and I'm like, there's beers in the kitchen. Let's just, let's all just chill for a little bit and catch up and, you know, forget, leave the week behind us and, you know, that sort of stuff. I can't yeah. wait to be able to do that. Um, but That's yeah. That's the thing, like you, you miss those moments of like, so we, we have a thing about that kind of like celebrating the wins, right? So yeah, when we're in the office, you know, if we'd, if we'd won, a, won a customer, I want a client, um, that week or maybe, you know, finished, wrapped up a project or something like that, right? Say we were doing a proof mm. of concept or something like that. Um, we'd celebrate with like, you know, pizza or, you know, we'd stick a film on the big TV in the office yeah. um, and, and I'll take an hour out and just kind of have a bit of a laugh, right? And celebrate and go, you know, we've all worked really hard on this, you know, let's pat ourselves on the back kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and it, that's really hard to recreate with, um, I, to be honest though, mate, I think you do a great job. Like you bring so much enthusiasm to those kind of like team catch-ups and like, yes. um, <laughs> likewise with the, I know we, I know you were mentioning there like the Friday 5 PM ones, but like mm. I, the Thursday ones as well. Right. The like the, the, 
they're, they're sort of billed as the socials, aren't they, right? So yeah, sure. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to going back to, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing people in the office and getting that kind of in-person contact, I suppose. Yeah. And likewise, just being able to brainstorm and, and do things like you, user flows, right? Card sorting. Yeah. Using yeah. a good old fashioned post-it note and a whiteboard, uh, right? Like Man, that's yeah, dude. There's there's something about I mean, I mentioned this to you a little while ago. There's something about like putting post-its and sticking shit on walls and just being able to physically do things that makes it, pardon the pun, but stick a little bit more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, but, yeah because yeah, yeah. it's it's right in front of you and you look at it all the time and like I have been meaning to do it at home actually, but I haven't got around to it yet. Um but that sort of stuff, yeah, you're right. It's so good as well for, you know, when you're in those sales environments and you're trying to work out how you're going to pitch something to a new client or whatever, and you're like, right, let's just work it out, get a few people stood around and just be sticking stuff on the wall. Yeah, dude, stuff like that is like, it, it, it's such a small thing really when you think about it, but it, it, it like it makes a difference doing stuff like that. I feel like really st- it makes it stick and it makes you go, all right, I know, I know what I'm doing. And if you don't, if you forget, it's there, you know what I mean? Yeah. One of those yeah, yeah. You, you're so right. So, yeah, I guess kind of we'll, we'll at Hark, we'll we'll see how it goes. You know, like we're we're trying to keep everybody engaged in terms of you know, and you, you can never be everything to everyone. But um, hoping that we get we you know afford everybody the opportunity to kind of work from the office if they want to do that. You know. Yeah. Likewise, work from home and stuff. So um, that's kind of what's to come for us. But we're pretty okay. lucky that you know, in comparison to some of the other businesses and stuff that are, that are huge, you know, they just can't. You know, two thousand people, hundred thousand people, have many. Depends how big the business is, is. Is a hard and difficult task to kind of yeah. coordinate that kind of. We're lucky because we we spend all day every day we're <laughs> on yeah. laptops and stuff. So we've got the tools right in front of us. If you're like so, kind of maybe like a, I don't know, a facilities manager or an engineer, like you need to be stood in front of your machine, right, looking at yeah, it and that's it. maintaining it. So like, how do that's you it. how do you do that remotely? Um, so you, well, you get some asset monitoring. That's how you do that remote Carlos. <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah. Yes, I like it. Uh, I mean, we're, we're plugging all kinds of stuff, man. We're just, we're going, yeah. we're going in with the plugs. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, we'll probably wind it down a little bit. But uh, one thing that I did want to do, and maybe I'll, you know, if we do a little bit more of this, maybe we could start making this a bit of a theme. But I was going to ask you, um, so in terms of like lockdown and being at home and, you know, remote working and all that sort of stuff, you've probably picked up a, a couple of like, tricks and tips and stuff i know that you for example have got uh, a standing desk which loads of people have got now because hey we've all got bad yeah. backs <laughs> okay yeah that's um, true but i was going to ask you have you got like one sort of like piece of I, I don't know like advice or a nugget of wisdom that you've got from from your time remote working um make time for coffee breaks nice totally agree totally agree actually and i always forget to do that because um, otherwise you'll spend you go back to back teams calls and mm. you know and I think you know you need you, you need time to just you know digest actions or whatever it may be from the previous call right so yeah you need to you need to kind of build that and I didn't necessarily do that in like the first couple of months and I yeah you know I really value that kind of thing it's it's similar to what you were saying you know make <laughs> making a cup of tea all right or in the kitchen or whatever and kind of thing and just kind of yeah. You might still be working because you still be going over those things in your mind, but that's, totally. that's kind but of my stepping away from the Yeah, getting away from the screen, man, makes a big big difference. I actually I was gonna say something very similar actually. Um yeah, I was this just gonna week, ask what was yours. Yeah. This week I because I got a new phone a little bit ago, um, 
the contract that I had with O2 gives you like a freebie, like a free subscription. So, so you could get like Disney Plus or, you know, a yeah, whole yeah, yeah. Uh, plethora of different stuff. And I opted to get uh, Calm, which is a meditation app. And oh, yeah, yeah. like, I I mean, I'm not one of these, though I've got long hair and I probably look like a chakras kind of guy. I'm not. <laughs> Um, and, but I wanted to give meditation a go cause it's like okay. t- 10 minutes a day, you know, sit on the floor, shut your eyes. And the way that it's framed, I guess, for anyone that's not done meditation like myself until this week, it's all about like making space. Um, I guess like mental real estate, just creating a, a bit of a gap between like your thoughts and yourself. And I tried it, um, today I've done it for the last few days, taking 10 minutes, like in the late, late morning, sort of like around 11 o'clock and yeah. just like sit on the floor, put my cans on, do this guided meditation thing for 10 minutes. And it asks you before how you feel. And then it asks you again after how you feel. And, um, every time, like when I finish it, I just feel really like nice and relaxed and optimistic, happy, upbeat. Like it really, it is good to just take a minute just to like, all right, let me just put the emails and stuff out of my head for a sec and just reset. And then we'll keep going again. It's a great thing to do. So I totally recommend it. I don't pay for it right now. (laughs) So it might change when I've got to pay for it. But uh, yeah, get a trial, man. Test it. That's what, that's my advice. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. All right, Cal, last, last, um, last question for me then, Carlos. Okay. Um, What's, what's coming up for you at at Hark? Like what's, what's on the horizon? What are we going to be talking about next? Like what are we going to be seeing? Ooh, okay. Good question. Um, well, there's there's a lot of stuff that's kind of on, on my radar right now. It, there's a lot of stuff to do with IoT that I'm sort of wanting to focus on a lot more, uh, the industrial IoT piece. So, I mean, look, we've been talking about, I've been trying to get my head around MQTT and like, you know, your communications protocols. And for me, that's tough, you know, trying to work that stuff out. Um, but what I'd like to do, I want to do like a really nice, informative kind of like white paper sort of thing that's like, here are the 30 best use cases the best reasons that you could integrate industrial iot technology into you know whatever it might be your factory or you know your retail estate or whatever um but yeah i want to get a really comprehensive nice guide that's like easy on the eyes not too heavy on like text it's just straight up one to 30 these are all the best reasons and ways that you can be using this stuff um so that's something that yeah will probably be coming up i think you know in future episodes i uh i haven't got anything nailed down just like with this chat really now i didn't really have anything particularly nailed down that i wanted to talk about but all i can tell you is you can expect more i think there'll be more um i, I think we'll do more <laughs> of this stuff. yeah i've enjoyed it man um and hopefully you know if if anyone watches it we'll probably put it out in clips or something but if anyone does get around to watching it then uh then great you know uh, if we get one viewer then it's one more viewer than we've got at the minute yeah. so we'll be uh yeah we'll be we'll be putting out some links on social and stuff right um, yeah i know we've uh the podcast is available on all of your major podcasts, your favorite podcast player. Um, so yeah, <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll definitely be doing more of these. And uh, yeah, it's been really great kind of uh, chatting to you, mate, to be honest. So yeah, yeah. thanks. Yeah, well, um, yeah, so I've, I've been Carlos. I'm the marketing executive at Hark. We've got Mike Jeffs of us, who is the chief commercial officer at Hark Systems. Uh, you can find us on your Instagram, at Harksys. You can find us on your Twitter, again, at Harksys, uh, LinkedIn, it's at Haxis. Um, you can get us on all those platforms. And uh, yeah, keep an eye out. We've got loads of blog content coming out on the daily. We've got loads of cool uh, Instagram stuff to do with like UX, IoT, uh, being carbon friendly, all this kind of great stuff. Loads and loads of content, loads of stuff for you to check out. So um, yeah, 
that's it from us guys and um once again mike thank you so much for today it's been great chatting man and uh let's do this again soon but yeah that's Thanks, it mate. cheers guys